Hi, this is Pastor David Cooper. Thank you for joining my podcast. I pray that the Word of God will be a blessing to you. I also want to ask you to share the podcast with others. Together, we can make an impact in people's lives as we introduce them to the Word of God. Thank you for your partnership and ministry of the Mount Perrin family and our outreach. I pray that the Word of God will be a blessing to you today. Let's continue this exciting study on the doxology found in Romans chapter 11, verses 33 through 36. Let's read this doxology together. What a declaration of praise we find in this passage. Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out. Who has known the mind of the Lord? Who has been his counselor? Who has ever given to God that God should repay him? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. The word doxology means a sudden eruption of praise. It is a musical expression of joy and gratitude to God. Here in the book of Romans, as Paul considers the great themes of the greatness of God, the gospel of Christ, the sovereignty of God, the preordained plan of God, He's suddenly just overwhelmed with these great truths of the greatness of God, and he bursts forth in praise. Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. Let's turn our attention now to this second part of the doxology. It begins with God's sacred purpose for our lives, his special purpose, his wisdom and his knowledge behind everything. And now Paul the Apostle makes us think about God's secret plan, God's plan for our lives, God's plan for the world, and and how he works in the world, sometimes in a way that's secret, it's behind the scenes, we don't understand it all. And I would encourage you from the outset of this part of the teaching that you will make sure you have room for mystery in your faith. You're never going to understand everything there is about God. God is so great. We are so small. God's unlimited. We are limited. God is infinite. We are finite. There's no way that we can comprehend everything in the mind and heart of God, but we can comprehend the things that he has revealed to us. So here Paul writes to us how unsearchable his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out. We're going to focus on this part of the doxology, this amazing statement, how unsearchable his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out. God works out his plan in secret, yet we see the evidence of his work in our lives. Now, God has a plan for creation. God has a plan for this world. God is working out his plan in human history in secret. We oftentimes don't see God at work in the world. And human history moves slowly at times that we really miss it. You know, when we go back and read the Bible and we can kind of crunch history down into these few stories, we start seeing how it all fits together. But, you know, had we lived in the biblical days where this, everything is spaced out by hundreds of years or thousands of years, we would have never seen it as clear as we can see it just by looking at the story now. And that's true of modern history. We can all go back and study modern history. We've all studied Western civilization. We've studied the history of the world in different courses and 
You know, when you take a course in history or world history, or everything's kind of crunched down to a few basic stories. And there are a lot of things in history left out just so you could take a course. It all kind of makes sense. You can kind of see it moving, flowing. But you know, when you live in the middle of history, you don't really see it. You feel like you're confused at the time as to what's going on in the world. But behind it all, God is sovereign. God works out his plan. Doesn't mean that God is causing everything in the world. Certainly not because he put us in charge of the earth. He made us stewards of this world. And what we see in the achievements, we see great human achievements. We see great human tragedies because of sin and foolishness. And we live in the midst of world history unfolding. There's what man does in history. And yet behind it all, there's a God who's working out his plan. And the way of God and the way he works is often a secret to us and a mystery to us. And the question is, can we trust what God is doing? I reference you to Deuteronomy 29, 29, when Moses says, the secret things belong to the Lord our God. And you've got to get comfortable with that truth in your life to ever understand life. People that think they're going to understand everything about life itself or about history, and certainly about their own life, are going to be disappointed their whole life. They're going to be frustrated because there are things that are beyond our comprehension. So the secret things belong to the Lord our God. There are things that God is doing historically that are secretive. There are things that he'll do in your own life. He knows what he's doing, but you're not really sure. Sometimes you can't even see God at work, but he assures you that he is. The secret things that belong to the Lord our God, they belong to him. But then Moses says, the things that are revealed are for us and our children. That's Deuteronomy 29, 29, a verse I would encourage you to, to memorize. And every now and again, when you're just kind of baffled about what's going on in your life or what's going on in the world, just cite that verse and think about it. The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things which are revealed are for us and for our children. And the things that God has revealed are enough information to live your life on. The things that he has made known there's plenty of information there, wisdom and knowledge, to make every decision you need to make and to understand the things you need to understand. But the secret things, they belong to God. They don't belong to us. Now, Paul, in considering how God works in secret and how he works in ways that are beyond our comprehension, he gives us two great truths. The first is that God's decisions are unsearchable, but we trust them. Just because I don't understand God's decisions doesn't mean I don't trust them. You should trust God's decisions in your life. You don't have to understand them to trust them. Once you understand him and know his nature, that God is wise, that God is loving, that God is just, that God is faithful. Once you know who God is, you can trust him. You don't have to understand everything about every decision that God makes. So they are unsearchable. Now, the word judgments here means executive decisions. And, you know, we think of judgment sometimes as, as a display of God's wrath, but that's not what the word judgment means. The word wrath means the displeasure of God. And there are consequences to human sin, but the word judgment means to make a decision. A judge in a court is not there just handing out punishments. A judge is making a decision based on the evidence. And that's what a judge does. He or she Here's the evidence. They listen to the case, and then they make a decision. 
if you ever go before a judge for a bench trial, that means there's no jury there, the judge has the executive power to make the final decision. They make a judgment, and then that judgment stands unless it's appeal to a higher court. But there is no higher court than God. There is no judge above God. His judgments are his executive decisions. Now, the psalmist David says of these decisions of the Lord in Psalm 19, verse 9, the judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. I discovered that verse as a teenager. I love Psalm 19 where he sings about the love of God and the law of God and the revelation of God in nature. How the heavens declare the glory of God and the skies show forth the sandy work. And then he writes about the purity of the scripture. The law of the Lord is perfect converting or reviving the soul. He's celebrating really the authority of the written word. And now we have the complete Bible. And he says in the word of God, there are these judgments, these decisions. And he says that the judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. And when you come to the place that you can say, you know, whatever God decides is true and it's right. It's the right decision. Although I may not even understand it, you will come to a whole new level of peace in your life, when you can trust the executive decisions of the Lord. And they're unsearchable. Unsearchable means that you're trying to understand everything about them. You know, when you do a research project at school and you write a research paper, you're searching through all this data, through periodicals, through textbooks. You're searching for information to research a particular topic in school. But he says when it comes to the decisions of the Lord, the executive decisions of the Lord, they're unsearchable. You can, you can analyze it all you want. You can, you can speculate as to what God is doing and why he does it. But some of it is unsearchable. You're never going to fully understand this side of heaven. And you've got to get comfortable with that to live in peace, to live in faith. You've got to trust God's wisdom. That's what faith is. It's not understanding everything because some things are beyond our understanding. It's whether or not you can trust God and trust his wisdom. You know, growing up in my family with five kids, my parents made the executive decisions. In fact, I remember when my dad said, at least on one occasion to us as kids, you know, this family is not a democracy, it's a dictatorship. And what he meant by that was that he and my mom made the executive decisions. My parents did not consult us on the major decisions of our family. Where we went to school, where we lived, where we went to church. They made executive decisions. And since I grew up like that, I guess it's easy for me to think of God like that. Because they always provided everything for us. They took care of us. They looked out for us. So naturally, I learned to trust their decisions because I was the benefactor of their decisions. And when it comes to the Lord, when you can just trust his decisions and not have to understand everything in your limited sphere of understanding, you will be at peace and you'll understand what it really means to walk by faith. You can trust God's wisdom, his goodness, and his power. His wisdom, God knows what is best for you. His goodness, God, will only do what is good for you and what is best for you. And his power, God, has the ability and faithfulness to provide what you need. When you can trust God's wisdom and power and goodness, you will live 
at a whole new level of peace. And so Paul reminds us in the greatness of God's mind that his decisions are unsearchable, but we trust them. They are true and righteous altogether, whatever God decides. If we understand it, fine. If we don't understand it, fine as well. We trust his decisions. Now, second of all, in this understanding of God's secret plans and how he works behind the scenes, he says God's directions are untraceable, but we still follow them. So God leaves untraceable footprints. Now, the word path or ways, his paths are beyond tracing out. His ways, the ways that he takes, the roads that he goes down. This is a word in Greek that is related to the word in Greek of the foreknowledge of God, that when God's going in a direction, he already knows everything in the future, which you and I do not have that advantage. We don't know what's around the next corner. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. We make all of our plans based on speculations. I flipped by a news channel the other day just to check up on some things going on in the world, and I I actually started laughing in the car. I thought, this is kind of absurd. These people in this news show, they were basically talking about what they thought might happen. And it dawned on me, they're not reporting any news. They have no idea what's going to happen. They're, they're talking basically meaningless. It was pointless. And I thought, I ended up turning the channel, listening to some music. I thought, well, that's kind of pointless for me to be sitting listening to a couple of people talk about what they think might happen in the world. That's not news. I love athletics. Sometimes you're ready for the, the Super Bowl or a great game, and you've got, of course, the announcers in the beginning. They're all sitting there talking about what they think is going to happen. Well, let's just watch the game, and then we'll know what happened. So we do that in our lives sometimes. We just sit around and speculate, and we talk to our friends. What do you think is going to happen here? And we like to play these scenarios out in our minds, and it's okay to do that. But the fact of the matter is we have no foreknowledge. We don't really know what's going to happen in the future, so we're very limited. But God is unlimited. We speak of the foreknowledge of God. Romans 8 and 29 writes of it. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. You see, God's destinations, God's decisions, God's directions are based on his foreknowledge. And that becomes the, the foundation of faith in God. It is the fact that God does know. That's why I would seek his counsel. That's why I pray for his wisdom. Because if I can access God's wisdom, I'm going to be in the right path. So God's ways, God's foreknowledge, they're unknowable to us. You can't even trace them out. And the psalmist writes about these paths that God takes, these roads God goes down, and we don't really know why he's going down there, but he does. He writes about it in Psalm 77, 19. Your path, he means your, he's speaking to the Lord. Your path, O oh Lord, it led through the sea. Your way through the mighty waters. Though your footprints were not seen, and he's writing, reflecting on the great Red Sea crossing, which would have been terrifying for the Israelites when they came out of Egypt. We don't know how that miracle took place, but nonetheless, they crossed the Red Sea at a place where it was dry land, and they, they knew that at any moment that river could sweep them all away. And they thought, this is a strange way for God to be leading us. 
through the sea, through the mighty waters. And they didn't see God's footprints, but they had to trust that God had opened that way, and that was the way that they needed to go. I think if all of us had been sent on the brink of the Red Sea and it had parted and it separated and the waters could burst forth any moment, a lot of us would not want to walk across the dry land. It took a lot of faith. It's not like God went down there and walked in front of them, but he did. They couldn't see his footprints in the dry land of the Red Sea, but he'd walk through there. When God's leading and guiding, you can trust him even though you can't trace his footprints. Sometimes you look at your life and you realize that you are where you are because of the goodness of God. And you think, how did God ever get me here? And yet he did. Because you can trust him. God works secretly behind the scenes. So God promises to direct our lives if we trust him and commit our way to him. And we're willing to obey his will for our lives. That he may work in secret, but if we will seek his plan, he'll lead us and guide us in the perfect way that we should go. So I'll leave you with Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, one of the greatest principles for a successful life. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will direct your paths. Let's pray. Father, we thank You for Your blessings. I thank You for Your infinite wisdom, Your foreknowledge, and the promise to lead and guide our Steps. I pray for every person that's facing a major decision today that, that they will seek your counsel and open their heart to the leading and guidance of the Holy Spirit. Give them the assurance that you will lead them in the way they should go if they will seek you by faith in Jesus' name. If you have a prayer need, you can go to the Mount Perrin site and you can submit that prayer need and we'll be honored to pray with you. We have a great team of intercessors. So check that out today. Just hit pray on the website, the Mount Perrin app. We'd love to partner with you in prayer. Prayer opens the way for the wisdom of God in our lives. I'm looking forward to sharing more on this study with you of the doxology of praise and understanding a little more of insights into how God works in our lives. I want to ask you to consider supporting the Mount Perrin ministry wherever you are around the world. You can give offerings to support the work of the church, of our missions program, of our help for the poor in Atlanta. Just check it out. Give on the app or the website and pray about how you could partner with us and find a ministry that you believe in. No matter where you are in the world, you can do something to help someone by partnering together with us in preaching Christ to the nations of the world. Sunday is the highlight of the week for every Christian. It is the Lord's Day. I'm looking forward to seeing you and your family in church for worship this Sunday. Make sure you invite somebody to be with you. God bless you. Have a great day. Thank you for joining me today as we've shared together the Word of God. Let me ask you to download the Mount Perrin Church app today so that we can stay connected and you can see all the great services and resources available for you and your family. Follow me on social media and also the Mount Perrin Church family. I look forward to seeing you in church to worship on campus and online. God bless you. Have an incredible day.